Philadelphia powder kegs. That's definitely what Elton John was going for back in the day when he sang Philadelphia Freedom. The Philadelphia powder kegs, they are led in their first year by general manager Adam Kaplan, who was once upon a time an ESPN insider, still does NFL insider work and covers fantasy as well. He's all over the radio, all over the internet doing a million different things in football, and he can add general manager in the Hall of Fantasy League to his resume as well. The Philadelphia Powder Kegs are one of 10 teams in our league. If you want to stake any of these teams in the first ever National Fantasy Football League, you can do so at thehofl.com. You can follow us on social media at the HOF League, and you can subscribe to this podcast. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button. And for now, you're listening to the HOFL Podcast with Adam Kaplan, General Manager of the Philadelphia Powder Kicks. The Philadelphia Powder Kicks. That is a real name of a real team nowadays. That is the, the, the team in the Hall of Fantasy League representing the city of brotherly love. And, and Adam Kaplan, we have as the general manager of the team, someone who who I feel, at least from following you in the social sphere, that you you understand Philly. You eat, sleep, and breathe Philadelphia. How do you think this city is going to embrace this new National Fantasy Football League team? Well, Jeff, good to be with you. Yeah, you know, being from the area, though I live outside Philly, you know, born and raised in the area. I have a friend who's from Wynwood. It's like we say, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's yeah. Philly. That's Philly. That's te- well, that's that's on the Philadelphia side. That is. You literally could be from Wynwood. You could be in Philadelphia in a minute and a half. That's how close <laughs> Wynwood is to Philly. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I as a reporter, I cover 32 teams. But being here, I always had an expertise in the Eagles. And I, I follow all the Philly teams, being a, a kid from this area. So I, I think it's pretty cool that uh, my teams – I might actually shorten it to the, the kegs. But the powder <laughs> kegs, uh, for sure, is a strong name. And I uh, look forward to competing against some uh, – the funny thing is – I know a lot of these guys are in the league, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool, and that, that'll help with the smack talk. Oh, I'm sure. I said we just came off the last podcast episode with Joel Dolan and Graham Barfield, who you've done some work over there at Fantasy Points yep. with. And and they they said, look, we're, we're trying to do our best, but we, we really want to beat Adam. Like that's, uh, you know, maybe they're selling the, the expectations. I don't know if that's too low or too high, Adam, but you're <laughs> right. There are so many names of, you know, individuals, people – in this league who you know and I'm sure you want to beat. But but that's the thing. You know, you can play with your friends. You can be the top fantasy mind. I mean, there will be 10 elite front offices in here. What do you think the competition level is going to be like? It's going to be strong because it's funny. When I was talking to the guys um, from the HOFL last week, the, guy, the guys were talking about guys from the business end, and they were running through the names of, with me. I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good get you got. Great get. That's a great get. And I was like, wow, this is going to be pretty strong. Uh, in terms of, of the competition. So, yeah, it's good. Jeff Ratcliffe, I'm on a show on SiriusXM uh, every Thursday the last two years. We do a spot there. I know Jeff real well. He's a smart guy. You mentioned Graham and, and Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com and some of the other uh, league GMs, as they say. going to be very competitive. And this is, what, a 10-team league, if I'm not mistaken? 10-team league, 10-team league. And, and yeah, it's funny you bring up Graham because we're talking with you guys all about your backgrounds. And for Graham and Joe them being almost the babies of this league in a way that Graham, I mean, being in his twenties, he's out maybe in middle school, bringing his fantasy magazines out to the playground and studying material to get to this point. And you, 
lived a different life before fantasy. You know, you were an ESPN insider covering, and you mentioned covering all, still covering all 32 teams. You know, you oh, yeah. straddle the line between covering general NFL and fantasy still to this day, it feels like, you know, how do you feel that background comes in and helps you in fantasy football, knowing what you knew in that earlier life as an insider? Yeah. So Jeff, it's really interesting. So I'd play, I've been playing fantasy since 1990. I, I, I'd actually played in my early twenties, what we called rotisserie baseball, which is now called fantasy baseball. So I'm very familiar with uh, this, this kind of hobby as it were, but I knew through the growth of it, no matter what I did in my career as a reporter, I was going to want to keep my hand in it. Even at ESPN, there were certain things I was allowed to do outside my contract. And one of them, which I still do for the 18th years, I'm a host on SiriusXM NFL radio, but SiriusXM Fantasy uh, with John, my friend John Hansen, and his team is the Fantasy Points team. Um, Joe, and, Joe and Graham are running it for him. Oh, so Joe and Graham are the puppets for John Hansen. Is, well, no, but they're going to run it. I don't know how much John... John they're all partners at business partners anyway, but John, because his, his, his business, knowing John as I do, knowing that I, yeah, as a, as someone who I run my own media company with a partner, Jeff Mosher, and I know how busy we are with it. And then seeing what I'm doing in my career, I couldn't imagine John trying to do everything he does. Then also run this thing, which is going to be extremely competitive though. And John is a basic excuse maker when he doesn't win. <laughs> everything's the problem that he's busy he actually dra- Hansen actually drafted a team at a Phillies game on wireless sitting at his seat. I mean, that's how <laughs> crazy he is, which I could not do. I don't know how you do that and watch a game. Who knows what would happen with a foul ball? So anyway, fantasy is something I've always been interested in. Not only have I played it. Yes, I cover 32 teams. I'm a reporter by trade. I'm not a fantasy expert by any stretch of the imagination. That's for somebody else to, to do. I'm a reporter first, but I love fantasy football. That is actually, most people don't know this, and I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I actually became a reporter because of fantasy, because I'm big into numbers. I'm, I'm into analytics. I, I always want to know why something happened, and then I want to find out how it was put together. Like, analytics are great, but analytics don't tell you why something happened. They could tell you the result, but they don't tell you the why and the how, and I want to know why and how, and that's why I became a reporter. And knowing fantasy as I do, or knowing NFL information as I do, I apply it to fantasy and it does help me. Well, so how, how do you apply that to fantasy in terms of, um, I'm not asking for a specific example, but uh, some of that, in, that, that information that you talk about from the NFL side, from the analytics side, how easy is that transition over to fantasy? Because, you know, a guy's average yards or something like that, you then have to transition over to fantasy points and right. no, no pun intended. You know, there can be, there can be some, uh, some differences there. What, right. Well, anyone that? could see, see, Anyone can do that. This is where I come in as, as an insider. It's, it's Schefter and I, where Adam Schefter and I work together. Um, I know he loves fantasy. And we, we actually almost made a trade on television uh, many years ago on NFL Insiders. I mean, he, he, I remember him talking about it once about fantasy and doing what, what we do for a living. He had a great point. He's like, I, he's like, yeah, you think I have inside information because I can't tell you how many times I would get information and it weren't up not helping me for fantasy. So I don't. And I, I get what he meant because, for instance, let, here's an example, right? James Robinson of the Jaguars. I never heard of the guy. And I, I pretty much, as a reporter, I know who pretty much every player is. I never heard of the guy. He wound up not getting drafted for the Jaguars. So I find out a week before that Leonard Fournette gets cut that Fournette's not doing well and I should keep an eye on James Robinson. I'm like, an undrafted free agent? I'm like, ah, I dismissed it. I didn't dismiss it. I'm like, all right, you know, fine. I'll look into him. 
I, I researched, uh, you know, who he was. And I'd later find out months later that the Jaguars actually had third and fourth round grades on him of all the scouting grades they turned in. They're actually pretty high, almost starter value. So anyway, we do a, we do a draft of, on Sirius XM. It's called the ACI named after me. Of course, I've never won the league. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Hans, give Hanson credit for that one. He's the one who's really uh, blown this thing up. So anyway, Jeff, so what happened was it was the ninth round last summer, late, late, whenever they, whenever we had the draft late, late August last year, I'm like, I really don't know much about this James Robinson, but I, from what I think is going to happen, he's going to wind up starting. If he's not any good. I'll just cut him. Well, you know what happened with the guy. So that that's, that's how you could least see, get information, disseminate it. No one told me he was going to be great because nobody knows, but it at least gives you the the idea that maybe something might happen here. I was actually going to cut him if he. I, I'm so impatient with fantasy. If the guy sucked for two weeks, I would have cut him. I because I, I didn't I didn't have a feel for him. I was not at Jaguars camp. I it was the first time in 18 years I didn't go to training camps because of uh, the pandemic. So I had to wait, and I I had to hope that he was good, and he wound up being the biggest surprise of fantasy last season. So there's a lot to digest there. First of all, we actually used James Robinson as an example a couple podcasts ago. I think it was with Chris Harris because we were talking to him about how he spends so much time watching game film. Yeah. And, you know, James Robinson, I think there's there's a couple things here. First of all, from an insider perspective, I remember Devonta Freeman visited with the Jaguars about a week or two before the regular season. And I picked him up from a fantasy perspective. I'm like, the Jaguars have no running back. You know, I ended up cutting exactly. in before the exactly. season. But, but in my mind, I'm like, you know, here's a guy who has been a starter, starting caliber running back. And look, he got, he ended up on the Giants, I think, in week three or week he four. Was done. And yeah. he was, but he started, he basically was getting the carries for about two weeks before he got hurt. He was toast. But the, the Jaguars, clearly, anyone should have realized at that point when they didn't bring in Devonta Freeman that this guy, James Robinson, was going to be their guy. You're right, but here's the thing. And the reason why I I, I really should have done my work, it's it's one of the rare times in my career. I, I don't say I was dismissive. I, I The guy was put on my radar, but I didn't do a lot of work on him. I did a little bit of cursory work and, and, and asking people who would know and scouting, hey, is this guy a good player or not? Just so I was familiar with him. But mm -hmm. not, there was no way you would know how good he was. That's That's why he wasn't drafted. That's what we have to understand. No, you're and you're right. There, there are other running backs on the Jaguars roster that you might have just said. Well, Armstead would have been the guy had he not COVID that had, had COVID. That's the thing that people forget about. It's funny you mentioned that. So, so there's one aspect to things. But I actually, this is this is a good. As I'm listening to this from an insider perspective, because all those analytics people, they can't really transition over college stats to pro stats. So maybe is it rookies that you could have an advantage in? Well. It's interesting. So we have our rookie draft in the Fantasy Points Dynasty League with Graham and Joe. And Joe's actually the commissioner, though he's in the league. He's the one who heads it up for us. And it's rookies and players are being thrown back. I actually cut seven players off my list. <laughs> I was uh, on uh, on Friday morning, I cut seven players because I know that I'm not going to keep them. I'm just going to make room for all my rookies that I draft. I have the fifth pick overall. And yeah, look, it it does help if you know a little bit about the incoming rookies because especially at running back, as we know from, from playing fantasy for so many years, running backs are the position. It's not about quarterbacks and not about receiver. It's always going to be about running backs. I've often said, if you get two running backs in the first three rounds, you're, you're draft set. You don't need to reach for anybody. You let the, the board fall to you. If you go zero running backs in the first two rounds, good luck to you. I wish you luck for the rest of your, your career in fantasy. You'll do very well. I'm sure. 
Well, the irony of that is, of course, that NFL teams would tell you the exact opposite of the uh, the draft nowadays. <laughs> yeah, right. Running backs are provide. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? You know why? Because analytics will tell you. I had a really good scoop to start last season. We might as well talk because this plays into what you're talking about. So I had reported that for the first time in Pete Carroll's career, he's finally going to give in a coming up throwing. So against Atlanta in week one, I don't have it in front of me. I haven't looked at it in months, but I think they threw Russell Wilson came out and threw the ball nine out of the first 10 plays, which is ridiculous for him. Cause you know, they're big about balance and running the football. And Wilson was going to set a NFL record through eight games. He had 28 touchdown passes. And then it's funny how things changed in the second half. Uh-huh. So we don't have time to go into what happened just to tell you that running the ball did not help them the second half. They should have still thrown the ball and found a better way to throw it, but they didn't. Well, I think that led to a lot of rumors this offseason. Yes, uh... it did. Isn't that interesting that you bring that up? Isn't it funny how Russell Wilson had his issues and now they're so supposedly hunky-dory. So we'll see what happens after the season and how happy or unhappy Russell is. Well, I'll tell you from a fantasy perspective, you you start hearing those rumors in April and May and you're like, can we just draft right now? Like, can I try to get my competitive advantage right right now? But then... uh, then, of course, we get close to the season. And so this is going to be, you know, you talk about all those different fantasy leagues that you're in with a lot of the same people that are in this league. But the big difference, the Hall of Fantasy League is going to introduce staking for the first time. And this, you know, first of all, the responsibility, whether it be Philadelphians or Adam Kaplan fans out there that are going to stake your team, you know, you're going to have their weight on your shoulders a little bit. But, it, you know, it's also it's a, it's a whole different concept and you'll have stakeholders that you might may decide to listen to or you may not decide to listen to. This will be a league that people will be fans on. There'll be merch sold. People will be talking about it. How does this in all the years you said you've been playing fantasy since 1990, 31 years. How does this change the game? I've been a consultant to companies for fantasy. I've advised I've giving people a lot of thought about what needs to happen for you to make it a successful fantasy business. My partners and I years ago sold our company to John Hansen. John is incredible at what he does. John knows the way it works. You got to give the people something they can't get anywhere else. So when I first heard about this and I had my, my, uh, my, my Zoom session with Matt, well, actually we talked to Matt and HOFL a couple years ago, but they, they revisited with us, myself and my agent, and we, we talked to them. And I, I said to them, I said, guys, you're on to something. This is, I've, I've, all the things I've been involved with, that I've consulted with, and all the people who brought me in, it's the most unique thing I've ever heard of. I, I, I said, not only is it unique, and I think it's super cool, I'm a little bit nervous as you set this up. <laughs> you know, I because we're in July now, we're not in August when we have the draft. I'm not, you know, I, I'm someone who doesn't get nervous because you know, I work in television or radio, but I got to tell you, it's a lot of pressure, man, being the GM, because now I get people hazing me. I could see how Howie Roseman and... Uh, in this market, uh, it takes a lot of stress. No, you think that Philadelphia will be hard on someone that doesn't perform at a high level? Look, you know it, man. You know, <laughs> where, where, by the way, where did you grow up? I grew up in New York. Okay. You don't have the New York accent at all. I, I feel like maybe not as 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 thick as some other people. Right. You've gotten rid of it. Know, right. I had I some, some of Philly coached out of me at ESPN. But uh, look, the, the, here's the question, though. See, here's what I need to find out. And I don't have the answer to this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So you're talking about we have to have these meetings with our the people who are supported that are the 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 people who are paying money to support the team who we're going to have a, a, a stake in it. How much? I mean, I'm the GM. It's my call. I have personnel control. It's in my contract. I think. I think it's in. Oh, I'll, I'll explain. It's in Verdana letters. I think actually. 
It's whatever you want it to be. And we've been using the analogy, you can be the Packers publicly staking your team. You can give everyone a piece if you want, or you can be the Cowboys and be Jerry Jones basically saying, you know what? I'm just going to do it all. Where does Adam Kaplan lie running the Philadelphia powder kicks? You know, I may hire an intern to run stats for me. It's funny, as you, as you mentioned this, and you talk about Jerry Jones wanting to do everything. He is, he's, he's, a, he's the owner, the CEO, uh, the general manager of the Cowboys. His, if Steven is his whatever. He might, Steven might be the CEO, his son. But Jerry, as you said, runs everything. When we said this to uh, Michael Fabiano and yeah. Bob Harris are running a yeah, team yeah. together. God, you know, I've met fa- Bob since 1995, 96, 96. Right? Oh, five years, five or six years into your fantasy career. They actually said... Fab said, we're running the, basically we're running the team, how we want to run it. And I said, oh, you know, this is where the analogy came from. I said, you're basically Jerry Jonesing it. And Bob said, I'll be Steven. So they, that that's their dynamic. Oh, the runner up. Right. So, so Fab's, I know Mike real well. I've known him for probably a couple of decades, but look, because it's, I was brought in to run this thing as when, when you're put in charge, you're put in charge, you're going to make the decisions. Obviously, if someone says, hey, if they bring some information to me that I'm not aware of. I'll consider it. Look, I, I'm always I'm an information gatherer, so I'm certainly going to want to know what's going on. But the fact of the matter is, I was hired to do a job. I'm paid, you know, a couple million to do this. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm actually a dollar after this, but no. Uh, look, I, this is going to be fun. This is such a unique opportunity, something I've never done before. I'm um, having stakeholders in a fantasy football team that I'm running. It's it's it's, uh, it's going to be fun. And then the funny thing is, because I always do this, I always put my teams up on Twitter. I know we're going to do some social for this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, during the season and so forth. And probably after the draft, I can't wait to p- people tell me that. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, what I love to do is go back when I know when I'm right about something, which is a, when I'm pretty bold on a draft pick and people tell me I'm, I'm on drugs, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll go back and retweet it and I'll, I'll, I'll tweet at the guy. Oh, you still think I'm wrong. I'll do that in like November when the guy's gone off. I love doing that stuff. Like I said, you have the insider knowledge, you have the fantasy knowledge, what sort of different Twitter engagement or social media engagement do you get when you share a news piece versus a fantasy take? If it's a pretty big scoop, you know, people, the fans of the team that were the players going to, they go, they go crazy. You know, they, they love it. I don't, you know, I just put the news out and I get out of there. Now, if it's like, let's say it's Sunday morning. I put out that uh, Jeff Eisen, Jeff Eisen band is not playing this, 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 uh, uh, Joe Smith ham- is going to replace him. If it's, tear, good enough, yeah, if, it's a, if it's a good enough piece, if it's good enough, I'll go, hey, listen, I might actually put a fantasy note. I think this guy's worth starting because of X reason. Like I could mm-hmm. do that, you know, I, but I don't do it as much anymore for, for time because I have so much, so many things going on Sunday. But if it's for, for waivers, I might put something, I, I will do this. I, I've done this before. People love this. They'll favorite it because so many people, as you know, play fantasy. I will say this guy could have a significant role in their pass game this week. Not that, not that the teams tell me what his, they're going to get him 15 targets. But what I mean is the guy could catch the football. I know from a scouting perspective how gifted the guy is. So don't be shocked if he has a lot of pass targets this week. And that I do that for fantasy so it get people excited. How do you, I'm thinking about it now as you're talking about Sunday, and we could have asked anyone this. How do you keep track of all your fantasy teams? How are you going to remember who's on this team compared to other teams? I do waivers Tuesday night. Some years I have two teams. One year I had 11 teams when I was at ESPN. I was in the War Room League with a lot of us there from our insider group and a couple people in management and some uh, some of the, the just the general uh, sports reporters there, which is crazy. That's a 16-teamer. What a 
crazy competitive league that is. To, waivers are a joke. You're, you're basically picking up retired players. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say that, yeah, I turn waivers and I spend a half an hour to 45 minutes every Tuesday night during the season. And then when I wake up, I, I'm someone who gets up early, 5.30, 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Um, I, I see if there's any news that comes out. And then, okay, I, I, I do my initial lineup turning because, God forbid, something happens where I forget to turn them in at, at, at uh, five of one or one of one. I forget stuff goes on and I forget sometimes. So that's why I turn them in very early on Sunday. My friends and I learned we must have been 14 or 15 years old. We had um, a league, a 16 team league with two quarterbacks. Mm. We're like, oh, it's perfect. There's 32 oh quarterbacks God. in the league. This is, don't you, you know, this is 10, 15, 15, this is 10 to 12 and years a ago. 16 team, and what are you guys nuts? What? Well, we realized the mistake. So we had a rule that Julian Edelman and Pat White were both, uh, were both actually qualified as a quarterback. I think this was like Edelman's rookie year. So you had to pick them up and drop them. You had to keep passing those two guys along. Pat White was running the Wildcat with the Dolphins yeah. at the time. Yeah. So you had to, that was the rule that we had, that we kind of solved some of the issues. Hmm. Well, look, in this league, there are 10 teams. There's no excuse. Every team's going to be loaded. And you'd mentioned this in passing earlier. I've been in leagues with all of these guys before. I sort of know how most of them draft. They probably know how I draft. They kind of, and I, if you listen to SiriusXM or Fantasy Show, when I'm on every Tuesday and Friday all year at 7 a.m. Eastern, I always will go. This is the way I do my, they, I give it all out. I tell them the way that I draft. They don't know who I'm going to draft, but they kind of know I'm not taking a quarterback in the first round. That that I've never done that before. I'm not doing it like that. You want to draft a quarterback in a 10-team league in the first round? Hey, good luck to you. I don't want to uh, share any of your secrets, but how does this being a 10-league team maybe affect the way that individuals draft? You talked about those running backs, first two of, of three. That's not a secret. Most most of, the, most of the GMs in this league will probably try to draft two running backs in the first three rounds. How do you adjust? Basically, in a 10-team league, you could take more risks. You could wait for certain positions because it got – like quarterback – We'll see. I, I, I don't. I won't make my decision. I, I mean, I, I could draft a quarterback in the third round. It just depends on how the board goes. But you can let players drop. Like you can let certain positions drop. Um, we don't. You could take your tight end later. You don't. You don't have to take one early. Now, of course, if you're one of the top guys, you got to take one earlier. You just can let players drop further, and that that is the point of a ten team versus a twelve team, where. In a 12-team, in a super competitive league, you got to take players earlier that you would wait one or two rounds normally. These guys are too sharp. You mentioned that some of the guys are in this league. They're all sharp. You're just not going to get away with it. Um, it I've always said this about leagues. When people would call to our, into our show on, on SiriusXM, I'd go, look, you know your league better than I. What, what can you get away with? What can't you get away with? If if you feel like you're, you're in a let, – let's say you live in – a New York market, right? And there are a lot of Giant fans. Well, Barkley, not only will he go in the first round, though he's coming off a torn ACL, he might go in the top four if he has a good training camp in preseason, if he plays in preseason at all. Because in that market, he ain't getting past four or five because you know that these guys are Giants fans, okay? I'm old enough when you were a little kid, okay? Randall Cunningham was incredible for a short run in fantasy. He was going in the first round. Why? Because he was a great, he was. He ran the football. He was the ultimate weapon. You, you got to know who the, you got to know your league and the people that you're in with. Uh, I, I know exactly who, who are the Saquon guys. I also have an auction league. So I know, oh, I know, who, you know, wow. you, you get to know who to run the, run the price up on. That's the fun. Exactly. Part oh, the uh, false bids. I used to love it. I, I only did a couple of my, uh, in my career in playing fantasy. I, I didn't know what the strategy, you know, I read up on it. I asked friends, Hey man, can you help me with this? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. 
the teaching how to, to bid up at players like you said, or, or so-called false bids. Uh, that that's a nuanced thing. The, the auction. I'm not a particular fan though. They are a lot of fun. I will tell you that. You got to have a little poker face. Yes. Adam, what is your pitch for fans that want to, that are considering staking the Philadelphia powder kicks? All right, folks, if you want to win, okay. If you want to invest in my team and get a return on your investment, invest in the powder kegs because we are going to go off like a powder keg. We are going to draft. Well, we'll make smart trades. If are we allowed to make trades, I can't remember. Um, I believe so. Yeah, we should, right? We should. Why not? Yeah, we should. We should. We'll run it the right way, and I will make you proud with your investment. Invest with me. We will engage. We will win together. As Elton John once said, Philadelphia powder kicks. <laughs> Substituting freedoms. Yes, a former a former tennis team in here, the Philadelphia Freedoms, that is- owned by Elton John. Owned by, uh, was it owned by Billie Jean King or Elton and John? Elton John, yes, correct. Yes. Well, either way, this is not world team tennis. Where you can, you can watch God, world so, team. You know, you surprised me. You, you're, <laughs> you, you have a very, for a guy who's much younger than I, I give you credit for knowing that. Good job by you. I, uh, I have covered the New York empire, Billie Jean, where Billie Jean King has, uh, I've covered her press conference talking about her world team tennis background. So that is, that is how I knew I know that I know about the Philadelphia powder kegs from Adam Kaplan, who is the general manager of Philadelphia's first ever team in the hall of fantasy league. Adam, good luck at the draft. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And there you have it. Adam Kaplan explaining why you should stake his team, the Philadelphia Powder Kegs. You can stake any of the teams at the Hall of Fantasy League at the HOFL.com. And you can follow us on social media at the HOF League. We're running through all 10, some singles, some duos of general managers in this league. We're giving you all the information you need if you want to decide which team to stake. I'm Jeff Eisenband. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with a few more of these general manager podcasts coming up on this, the HOFL podcast feed.